Alright kids, it's time to whip out your magic wands and practice your spells because this week on Hysteria 51 John and Brent are talking the history of magic. Now, if I can just remember the magic phrase to start the show. Oh yeah, Ali McBeal. They say, I'm disturbed. From city to city an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Not crazy. This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Truth. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that's never done real magic but tries to put together a little podcast magic each and every week. This is Hysteria 51. Tries and fails miserably. Well, I can't argue with him. <laughs> Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we are your hosts and skeptical sorcerers setting out on this magician's gambit. Brent Hand and John Goforth. <laughs> magician's gambit, indeed. Tonight we talk magic. Could that be magic with a C? Could it be magic with a K? Could it be magic with a CK? <laughs> All that hocus pocus, John. See what I did there? I do, and I'll ask you not to do it again. Ever. <laughs> that other voice you're hearing is the third host of this show, and the only one scared of rainfall. It's the one and only Conspiracy Bot. Brent created Seabot in his lab to help with this show. You know, edit the audio, get guests, do research. Instead, he purposely screws with the audio, he scares the guests, and he drinks his way through the research meetings. Hair of the dog. See, but I didn't know you are familiar with that term. What term? I'm saying I need hair of the dog for my magic spell. Brent, you have a new puppy. Bring him up here. What? No, you can't touch my dog. You don't even know magic, dude. Meh, I'm improvising. When I have badass magical powers and can burn you where you stand, you'll rue the day you trifled with conspiracy bot. Oh, God. I think, uh, I think he's been reading the uh, fantasy books yeah. set in the Middle Ages. Uh, <laughs> you'll rue the day. Trifled? I yeah. mean, yeah, it just sounds like a... It's a, a trifle bit melodramatic, yeah. if I might say so. Oh, hey, yeah. well done. <laughs> Speaking of that, let's spend a few minutes there. We'll get into, you know quote-unquote real magic uh-huh. in a minute but but it brings up where i really became familiar i guess with the the idea or the concept of magic for me it wasn't like david copperfield mm-hmm. or anything on tv it was reading you know fantasy books yeah uh, yeah I, that, that's it, it was super prevalent even when you know I, even when we were kids like it was hundreds of years ago but yeah you it know. feels like it <laughs> I, I had I, I don't know about you i had a ton of them do you do you have a favorite series did you I read wasn't any of them huge into fantasy no no now i played fantasy games so, um, dungeons you, and dragons it, well <laughs> king's quest series you know oh, on magic computer. Was, yeah yeah was one of my favorites so i was more on that end of the spectrum uh, as opposed to the books. I know you have one because when we went over and saw David Flora from Blurry Photos, you geeked out on his bookshelf that he had. And I, I can't remember what the series was. It was one of the few times we're talking nerd stuff that me and somebody else were talking ravenously about the subject and Brent's just sitting there dumbfounded like with a little drool coming out uh, yeah, what are you guys I talking about I, I never read that yeah. stuff I don't know it was the devil my parents think <laughs> you, know, like, you don't read that so I had I, I mean I've read a number of those series anything from the Dragonlance series which mm-hmm. was interminably popular uh, uh, one of our listeners Denny shout out mm-hmm. Denny uh, even named uh, one of his kids after a character in the Dragonlance series Raceland Raceland? Yeah, R-A-I-S-T-L-I-N. That's the thing about names in these old books. You read them and you interpret the way they're pronounced. Yeah. But it's not like there was ever a, a TV show or a yeah. movie to tell you. But I was and then when Raceland. they do a lot of times and you're like, what? That's not no. how it's said. Yeah, I know. It's terrible sometimes. Like you, you have something in your mind and then you hear it and you're like, no. I played, I guess speaking of fantasy and magic, I played a lot of World of Warcraft, you know, Warcraft and then World of Warcraft. And you have these these names sometimes, and then they start speaking them in the game and stuff. And you're like, no, what? Like <laughs> that, that is, is not how yeah, it's that said. Wrong. Um, I did read all the Narnia books. Sure. You know, Lion, Witch, and War. I still have a couple sets of them. Actually, those were quick reads. They're like a hundred and nothing pages each of them and stuff. So they say that a lot of these books and the ideas in these books are really euphemism for other things. Yeah, well, that, that series time, yeah. definitively is. C.S. Lewis was not he shy was, about that. He was yeah. very much a Christian, and it was, right. it was Christian anecdotes and... and, and um, which yeah, is, visuals. which actually some of the more... Um, 
I suppose, conservative Christians of the day found him to be a heretic. Yes. Because Burn him. Burn him like <laughs> the other people about we're going to talk about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my favorite series, uh, I, I, I read a number of them. My favorite series was by a, a guy named David Eddings. He wrote, um, he wrote a number of series, but uh, it was two five-part series. One's called The Belgariad, and one's called The Malorian. And they follow the same characters. It starts with the protagonist, Garion. He's a starts, he's a, I don't know, 14 year old or something like that and follows him from just being a farm boy all the way up through developing certain powers and becoming so it's kind of like a, a pre Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Like, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for he, like, he goes on to be the, the king of, of like, so he uses magic properly. Yes, yes, yes. God yes. forbid I ever find magic or get superpowers. I will rule with an iron fist. You will. I, I, I have no doubt. Who wouldn't? You're the, you're one of the bad guys. Uh, there's a, there's a I'm chaotic neutral. You know, I just, I want what's best for the people. I don't think you could say I would rule with an iron fist is chaotic neutral. Sinestro. Green Lantern. I, you, you know, <laughs> he wants what's best for the people. He'll get it by was you know. he defined somewhere as chaotic neutral? Uh, yeah, just now. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that was my my favorite series. I also really liked the whole. And this was a series of games, books, uh, Shadowrun, which they use magic, but it's in the future. Okay. So it's like it's like those fantasy series, only it takes place in the future. All right, it, it, all right. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun stuff. I was stuff. busy reading science fiction then. You know, I read a lot of Isaac Asimov uh, Foundation, sure. Foundation Empire and stuff. So I never got into that side of the fantasy. Um, I remember my brother-in-law when I was younger, he gave me some books, but I just I never got into the fantasy stuff like that. It wasn't my. I was more into the robots. Hell yes, <laughs> and um, you know, and, and we can space tell space and stuff like that. The one thing it did for me is it expanded my vocabulary tremendously because they write, it's almost like they subconsciously feel like they have to write like people spoke like in proper old English. Everyone knows that if you're born between 400 BC and 1680, you spoke like a douchebag, you know, so <laughs> I'm sorry, ye old douchebag. Yeah, you. Uh, so, I mean, they instead of saying sarcastically, they'd say sardonically. And you're like, yeah. well, what does that mean? Oh, let me look it up. And, and so it really did help with my... Uh, it helps with my regular grammar, and it also helps with my magic grammar. Yeah, so that you can say words, and people say, what does that mean? And then you go, I'll tell you. I'll show you. And then people go, I don't like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to do a burnt hand transition there. Uh-huh. Well, uh, you know what? If you want to get a transition, you know who's a great at transitions? David Blaine. <laughs> Meanwhile, my next trick. No, I mean, that's... I heard he can float. Well, and he can freeze himself, and he can stay in water for days. I, I mean, magic. The thing about, like, you know, when we're talking about magic, you're talking about the books and the movies and stuff, which is a road you can go down, but that's not really the history of it. You kind of got to think about the stage magicians that we look at these days as... What a lot of people think of now is magic. Well, certainly in the parlance of the times, yeah. But that's not what we're getting into, and we'll touch on some of those. But let's start out by defining actual what magic says. And I started with Wikipedia. I looked it up. And it said, magic is a category in Western culture in which have been placed various beliefs and practices considered separate from both religion and science. Uh, By the way, uh, this is Wikipedia. I mean, it's not the end-all, be-all. I don't agree with that definition at all. I don't agree with any of the definitions as you're going to find out. Well, even the dictionary, we'll keep going. All right. It says, historically, the term often had pejorative connections, which things labeled magical perceived as being primitive, foreign, and other. The concept has been adopted by scholars in their study of religion and the social sciences who have proposed various different and often mutually exclusive definitions of the term. Much contemporary scholarship regards the concept to be so problematic that it is better to reject it altogether as a useful analytic construct. That I could get behind a little bit more than the rest. Like, it's magic. That's crap. Throw it out. Now, not to be outdone, the dictionary broke it down a little bit simpler. Dictionary says the power of apparently influencing the course of events by using mysterious or supernatural forces. I actually like that better I than do the... Too. The word apparently is an interesting choice. The power of apparently influencing. And that is saying that there is no real There's, magic. It's implying that it's not all real. It's not saying mm-hmm. apparently. Apparently, sometimes appearances aren't deceiving. No, they're not. So they're not. It's not necessarily saying 100% of the time. As defined by paranormal researchers, there's three different types of magic. And... 
I really like these definitions because these these don't necessarily say that they happen or don't happen. They literally just say, here's what we're studying. Okay. Okay. The three different types are divination. So divination is anything you kind of do with your mind, like uh, remote viewing, telepathy. I, I think the best way to – it's sight through time and space. So you could so be – So what you're saying you is it gives you sight beyond sight. Yes. That's exactly what di- divination is. Now is it done through thunder? Thunder. <laughs> Thundercats. Oh! Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so that's 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 type of magic number one. Type of magic number now there, two. And if you're using that magic, you don't say abracadabra. You say snarf snarf. Yeah, <laughs> Got a theme go. going. Yeah, I don't know, how I about that? Cheetah girl. So type number two is probably the one that we think of the most when people say magic. Type two magic is called Wilford Brimley magic. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just ate, an, I just ate an entire can of condensed milk. I think, <laughs> I think I have type two magic. You meant diabetes. Oh, that's right. I got it confused. I'm sorry. What's what's type two magic? Manifestation. Oh, so, so like I can I can conjure up a spirit. No, no, that would be different. Son of a bee. I, I'm so confused. You're so confused. That's already. why I did horrible It'd in magic class. Be like you know saying a bunch of things and waving your hands around and shooting a fireball at somebody. Manifestation. Magic missile. Uh, magic ma- missile. Exactly. Red rocket. That's yeah. not well. No, yeah, that would it's something different. different. A little different. Um, it, it, it manifestation. It maybe practical magic. Yeah, I didn't see the movie, but that's the term. Okay. And then type three is, and I think I've got a term here you haven't heard before because I hadn't. Theurgy. Theurgy is that magic through theatrics? No. no. Oh man, I thought this I was is what up you thought. This is what you thought number two was. This is spirits. This is basically. Oh. Uh, so getting conjuring spirits, to, the spirits? Yes. Not, not talking to them, but bringing them forth. People think of talking to them, but it's really conjuring them and getting them to help you do magic. Oh. And so, and that could be interpreted a lot of different ways. Some people would interpret prayer as theurgy. Yeah, um, that that's true. Dear Lord, please help me do this. Right. You got it. Yep. Yeah. Or piss off. You know. Well, depending and, on, and you that's know. actually a debate in the in the world of of theology. Is is God? a magic wand god where you say is there really a distinction if he has the power can't that power just be magic i mean i know it's him you know as you look at it why do they have to well in in theology what they're distinguishing between a magic wand god who you ask for something and he either grants the wish or doesn't Mm -hmm. grant the wish versus a more hands-off god who set everything into motion but doesn't gotcha. doesn't you know if I pray that we have a good show today, it doesn't actually get no. involved in the show. It sure doesn't. <laughs> it sure doesn't. So that but but theurgy is the third type. So those are the three types of magic that I found like kind of defined by some of the more paranormal yeah. paranormal researchers, and I really liked that. That's pretty that cool. Breakdown. Yeah, it breaks it down into the real magician types. More to say, and, well, kind of. And we'll do a full episode. In, in the coming months on, I, let's say, the practice and the science yeah, of magic. The history behind yeah, it. Let's We're going right. to talk more about that stuff in the next one. Right. This one, we're more talking about magic throughout the ages and Where the term like that. came from and, and how it's been perceived throughout the ages. Since you're, you're making lists, we're going to break this up into kind of two segments uh, or break the magic magician types into two segments. The first type I'm going to talk about is sleight of hand and stage magicians. Think of magic performers. Remember, I was talking about David Blaine earlier, stuff like that. Like uh, my, my like my grandfather when he used to get my nose. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's magic. I figured this would come up, so I got you guys some tigers to have on the show today. Siegfried and Roy style. No, no, dude, that one of them ate <laughs> one of those guys. I don't remember if it was Siegfried or Roy. I know. <laughs> And for the record, he didn't get us tigers. Um, yup. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even, uh, yeah, anyway. And and by the way, doesn't he hate cats? I respect anything that will eat you douchebags. Anyway, some of the big names when you go out throughout history, these magicians, and I'm talking about the sleight of hand slash stage, and we're going to start with one who doesn't really fit into that, escape artist, Harry Houdini. He's become a You call someone, okay, Houdini. You know what I mean? Like, you've really made it or made a mark in the world when that becomes a thing. My wife, when I do something stupid, she goes, you pulled a go forth. 
well, he, you know, you escape or do something crazy. Hey, good job, Houdini. It's not true. She didn't do that. I've heard it. Not anymore. Because you just made that up. She, she says it. Hurt. She got tired of it. As soon as I get home, the first thing I'm going to do is punch your mama in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> then you got the island owning supermodel dating David Copperfield. Think about back in the day, back in the eighties and nineties, that was the guy, the big hair. He's like, <laughs> Like dancing, everything he did was big arm movements. And yeah, he, he made the uh, he made the Statue, Statue of Liberty, Liberty disappear. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a lot of people's money because they went and saw him in droves <laughs> for a long time. Well, n- maybe not Copperfield, but Houdini and some of the other people you're going to talk about. Some would argue uh, want you to think that they are mere illusionists, but they are using real magic to make those look kind of like. Um, wasn't that supposed to be the deal in that movie, The Prestige? Like they, they actually had real well, magic or something. Used, no, you Tesla created him. Well, but we all know that Tesla was actually using magic powers. <laughs> yes. Not science. science. Yeah, no, and it was a it turns out they were doing illusion the whole time. The guy was a brother, he was a twin. So they thought there was Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, that's no. right. I might be there was another move. This is another deep impact uh, situation. Yeah, I can't there, remember the name. The, I know. Uh, the illusionist. Yep, yep. The illusionist. I and maybe that one. I don't know. But there, there has been this. My point is, there's whether it's in these movies or not. There has been this theory by certain people, myself excluded, that the illusionists are using real mm-hmm. magic to make better illusions. I can't remember the movie, but they're talking about magicians and they're like David Copperfield. David Copperfield, the stage magician. And that's where I got that line from. He lives on an island. He dates supermodels. Yeah. Real magic. <laughs> it's like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> now, speaking of absolutely real magic, no two ways about it. My favorite magician of all time, the amazing Jonathan. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget the first time I saw him. It was one of his show, one of his shows that ran incessantly on uh, Comedy, Central Comedy Central in, in like 90s, the mid nineties, yeah. and it, it, he, I just remember towards the end, he just kept stabbing his arm, and blood was just flying everywhere. <laughs> he, he's he is a bad magician on purpose. It is some of his tricks are real, but most of them are made to to be terrible. It's so it's so funny. One of my favorite ones he ever did is this guy's up there, and he's like, he goes, okay, now you know, pick a card, show the audience. All right, he takes the cards, he throws them. He's all right. Pick up a card at random. He picks it up. He's like, is that your card? No. Oh, but you shit if it was. <laughs> <laughs> so would I. They'd all shit, man. Oh, my God. That'd have been hilarious if it was your card. Oh, it's never happened, though. <laughs> yeah, the amazing Jonathan. He had a, a death scare. He got real sick and quit touring for a while. And they told him he had a, like his heart was going to give out and then made a miraculous recovery. And he's he's back to touring again. So good for him. He had a yeah. magical recovery. Yeah, a magical recovery. Next thing, uh, we, we already spoke of him, David Blaine. Uh, he's the... Now, he's the one that would want you to think he's using real magic to be an illusionist. He's the one that does that crazy crap like you, uh, you're you at a market and he you know he makes you pick a card and then he tells you to go pick an orange at random and you got it open and your card's in there. Right. That shit, I don't know how he does it, but... Uh, Throws the cards against a, a a piece of glass, and not only is your card on the other side of the piece of glass, mm-hmm. but like a piece of the roast you ate last night was is stuck to it as well. <laughs> That's my mother's <laughs> ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, I, there's she so, was buried with it. There's so many. I think I think we'd be doing it a service without at least touching on uh, Penn and Teller, who are they've made such an impact in the world of magic, and they've done so much with. They have the show where they have magicians come on to stump them. Right. And right, it's right, really right. good because you'll see something that blows your mind. And one of them's like the old slobber docker routine. And they're like, yeah, you caught me. You know, they just, they know everything. And every once in a while they get blown away and it's crazy. It reminds me there was, um, there was a TV show. I don't know if it was just a one time special or if they did a series on Fox in the early 2000s, I think about magician secrets revealed where they had the magician wearing a mask he was he, it was like the scream mask or something yeah. yes oh, i'm gonna tell you how you do this yeah like, and the whole uh, thing is him dancing around doing these things and then the fox voice up next he will then saw her in half allegedly yeah yeah you know they, i mean it was just, let's see how it's really done uh, you got to think a lot of those magicians were like what the fuck dude everyone knows it's fake like you know, yeah, come you on. know wrestling's fake you don't got to stand out there i and don't scream need a it. documentary showing yeah. me how it's still real to me 
damn it. Oh, you, know? you mean he pulled that punch? Never. <laughs> you look at these, they go on and on and on. What do they have in common? Well, most of it is theatrics and sleight of hand. The, think about when you're on the street in Vegas and those guys come up to you. Have you ever done that where they come up? Oh, and, yeah, oh, yeah. Let, me sh- let me show you a trick. And the whole thing that they're doing a lot of times is doing the trick over here and making you look over here the other way. It's impressive. And it takes cl- a lot of practice to be able to do the tricks that they do. I really appreciate the skill level involved in that type of up-close magic. Yes. Uh, probably six months ago, I might have talked about this on the show, but about six months ago, Stacy and I went to a magic bar in Chicago. Uh, yeah, and, I remember you said that. And yeah. uh, it's cool. You walk Thank in. Thank God that was your first date. <laughs> <laughs> she was impressed. Yes. Um, we walk in, and it's, it looks like a laundromat, mm. and you have to uh, ring a bell, and the washer-dryer oh, yeah. opens, yeah. and you walk in. There's the magic bar. And so uh, there's the main, the main like headline show later on in the evening, but before that, you're just basically doing happy hour in this bar that also on the bar... There's a big piece of green felt, and and the magician slash bartender who has a little mic to make sure everybody can hear him mm-hmm. is like doing sleight of hand stuff. So it's almost like like at a um a bocce grill. Yes, but it's but it's you know it's magic. That's exactly of- <laughs> that's a really good analogy. That's really interesting though. I've never even thought of that as being a thing. So what you're like, great. Now pour the fucking drink. <laughs> like, come on, man. I've been waiting 16 minutes for a, you know, a Rob Roy. Why the fuck you're drinking <laughs> why, Rob, why Roy? Are you drinking Rob Roy? <laughs> but I've been waiting a long time for one. Brent, can you just please pour my sea breeze? <laughs> just please. Well, he actually, he doesn't pour a ton of drinks. He's up there doing most of the magic and there's like little uh, helper okay. bartenders, but it does still get annoying because while he's in the middle of a really intricate trick and the, these guys are trying to like stay out of the, out of the way mm-hmm. and it's like, Man, I go make my drink, get my beer, which is really great to put on a resume. What were you at the magic bar, little helper bartender? <laughs> oh, good, good for you. So, did you do magic? Oh yeah, I, I slipped five bucks out of the tip jar yeah, every, every night, every night, every night, until that new guy caught me, Dalton. <laughs> I thought he'd be bigger. I, I should have caught that. I literally watched Roadhouse last week. Why? It was no, on, no, it was on that's AMC. Terrible. It was it's a great, great movie. It was. It, it's it's held up schlock. It's so fun. It's one of those movies. It's like you can watch that, like Stone Cold. It's so terrible. With I posted a picture of Brian Bosworth on on Facebook the other day and said that was you going into the brain trust because he had yes, that yeah, yeah, blonde yeah. hair. And I was thinking about Stone Cold. I'd watched that movie not long ago, and it's so terrible. It's good again. You know what I mean? I'm starting to think this guy doesn't play by his own rules. And it's <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny too watching Roadhouse. Swayze knew how to fight. You could tell. Then they bring in Sam Elliott, and you're like, well, they taught him which punches to throw on that one. Like, it was yeah. so bad. Uh, but it, it really is. It, it, uh, uh, but Dalton, why do you, why do you get yourself into these situations? You, you're, you're in the hospital so often. Aren't you, aren't you tired of, of all this pain? Pain don't hurt. Pain don't hurt. <laughs> okay. Here's some staples. <laughs> Tell you what does hurt. Go sodomy. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, we've all seen the the magic specials and the street reporters we're talking about, but and I think we're going to get to the, the 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 meat and potatoes of this. Is there real magic in the world? Maybe even dark magic. Maybe even back in history. So up next, we're going to talk magician type two, the Merlins and Harry Potters of the real world. After the break on Hysteria Fifty One. Is that a real guy? You think that's another episode we could do? Nights of the Round. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone. We actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and yeah. 
if you don't get the pronunciation right, you you say it until you do, and then you know that that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why you know this has been trusted by experts for thirty years, and there's over twenty five different languages that you can learn, and people millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it with you know you get speech recognition, and mm-hmm. it it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally though, this is something that we use and we have, both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long-term and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know, and we don't, yeah. we don't do long-term um, stuff like this. And this is, this is the one that we've chosen and we love it. So all you guys got to do, don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times. And it's always now, right now, get now. started for Larry limited time. His Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50% visit Rosetta Stone. Dot com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. To answer your question, Merlin is absolutely real. They fixed my car once. <laughs> hundred thousand mile or million mile shops or hundred thousand mile shops. They got a yeah. They got a slogan. Merlin. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So let's talk real magic and let's talk about it through the ages. So since the start of the study of religion and sciences, magic has been a central theme in the theoretical literature produced by scholars in these fields, and that's nothing to. St- Everyone wants to bring up magic all throughout the past, you know, and religion and things. They want to be able to explain things. According to this scholar of religion, Randall Stiers, he attempted to define magic as it represents an act of demarcation by which it is juxtaposed against other social practices and modes of knowledge, such as religion and science. So it goes against them, meaning it can't be explained by religion or science. So anything else that's not that? magic it strikes me that so many scholars uh, theologians educated the history educated podcast crowd, hosts his, right put magic and science mm-hmm. or ma- as In you the same breath oh no no no, no. Uh, magic and science or magic and religion as diametrically opposed, opposed forces yeah, yeah okay. even the even the wikipedia the thing that you read earlier did 
magic to me is is two different things. One, it's what what you just said. What people use when they don't understand something. So we'll call it magic. You know, it'd that's be like, even another term. Like, how'd you do that? Magic. If you if you showed an airplane to somebody in the 1600s, mm-hmm. they'd say that's magic. No, they go. The others have returned. Yeah, <laughs> or aliens. Right, yeah. right. Anunnaki, Anunnaki, Anunnaki. You got a song and everything. And then there's magic that, like, we're talking about where it is it is defined. That's exactly yeah. what we're talking about. We're talking about using your will or some yeah. other force Eye to of Newt affect and, the world. Uh, yeah, a tear of a redhead. Flat earther. You get you a redheaded flat earther. Ooh. Um, they're harder to find. You're right, though. The scholars, people that study this stuff, they've engaged in extensive debates on how to define magic. And here we are looking at what's the... I guess the winning out and we're like, mm, I don't like that definition, you know? So it's been throughout ever. And this is, of course causes fighting and much like religion, there's not one real definition. And I, I was trying to th- show that by, you know, doing Wikipedia and dictionary. Now that was dictionary.com. Marion Webster reads very different than dictionary.com. I didn't want to inundate us with them, but there it's so weird to me that uh, such a topic like this can have so much, spanning different definitions of what they they being the the people that made it define it as right with magic so we got this historian michael d bailey he describes uh magic as representing a deeply contested category and a very fraught label duh <laughs> i can agree with that that's true yeah it's you know what's what's magic anything that people don't understand and fight about is is you could just call that magic and you know throughout history virtually every culture has a form of magic and magicians from you know the persians to the greeks early christians in the middle ages even up to voodoo look at shamans things like that you know uh with the native americans thing anything like Down, that i mean but when i i mentioned voodoo you know in the voodoo in, you do oh that voodoo that you do Mm -hmm. that's another form of magic and and almost the one almost every version of these magics are so incomparably different yeah yet the one truth is they all have it right right and they they all believe that they have you know just like just like voodoo it's it's interesting they say voodoo isn't real unless you believe in it and then it's 100 real and they can't affect you if you don't believe in it Unless you believe in it. You know, do you ever see that movie, The Skeleton Key? I think that was it. Was that it? I don't remember. Uh, it's been a long time. I might be saying the wrong movie. Anyway, it was with Kate Hudson was in it and she's, she's living with that family and they, they're voodoo kind of and she starts believing it and protecting herself from it. And they end up stealing her body. They switch minds in the long run. And the reason was they had to make her believe for it to be real. Otherwise it doesn't work. Cause that's one of the things or spoiler voodoo, alert. Voodoo. Voodoo is more of like a religion, and hoodoo is the the magical practice. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'm probably I'm probably traversing lines there, but yeah, you you get the point, kids. Yeah, you like you said, they have they all these people in the past have had magicians in one way or another, and they were in charge of various religious rites, namely sacrifices and interpretations of dreams throughout history. So you go to your your magician and he interprets your dreams like, oh, well, I was sleeping by a lake and a snake bit me. Well, that means you're going to die soon. Oh, crap. Well, better give you all my money. You know, better give it to the Better give you all my chickens. Yeah, exactly. The actual term magic has its origin in ancient Greek. The term that we use is magic. Magic was not distinct from religion, but rather an unwelcome, improper expression of it. The religion of the other, which is interesting. That brings in a lot of thoughts of Christianity there and Satanism, the satanic rituals, things like that. So it's it's funny. In um, I, I mentioned earlier that book series I liked, mm-hmm. um, the Belgariad. There's a lot of magic in that book, mm-hmm. and the way they have it set up in that series. If you call someone a magician, like one sorcerer might call another sorcerer a magician, it's an insult. Oh. We don't do magic. Yeah. All right. We it, uh, what they call it is the will and the word. You have the will, and you put the word to it, and it becomes so. So you're drawing that that power from within and from all the energies around you, and you don't need theatrics. You don't need special gestures or, mm. or you know, eye of newt like you were saying earlier. You yeah. simply the will and the word. And uh, it, I, it's, it, the the book does a really or the series does a really good job of of categorizing magic in that way and making fun of uh, of of the the bad versions of right, it, the right. the charlatans and the theatrics. The- 
oh, I, I can't, people can't see it, but you know, the, the, the quick hand movements, oh, <laughs> you know, this is my assistant, Cassandra, and she's in, you know, or like 90, when pe- people you know. like, you know, to, to bring uh, the occult into it, they draw a pentagram Sweet. to do magic and, right. and recite a bunch of words yeah. and, uh, the, like, you know, a spell book. Like, what, 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 what are those spell books called? Uh, grimoires? Oh, uh, no, it's my dream journal. Oh, that's your, sorry. Oh, you fake one. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gr- I mean, you can go like metaphysical yeah. bookshops. And, oh, yeah. And Which, buy a grimoire. If you're in the Chicagoland area, there are several of those, and I keep, I keep wanting to go to them, but then those days I end up going to like a toy store. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, I have the desire to go. You know, everyone needs a good smudging stick. That's true. Uh, it's and, true. Yeah, a couple books on how to hex and curse your neighbors but they do they've they, they've like these incantations and very stuff. much so yeah uh, yeah yeah talking about this with the religion aspect too for early christians magic did not only constitute fraud and unsanctioned ritual practices but it was the very opposite of religion that they saw in and of itself because it relied upon cooperation from demons and here's a quote i found about demons i love the henchmen of satan that reminds me I need to hire new henchmen. I don't even have henchmen. Not since the incident. <laughs> if you guys see a Craigslist ad, ignore it. I think it's a safe bet. So there. I guess that would be in the third type we talked about earlier, theurgy. I guess so. Like, no matter what, you would have to conjure the demon or call upon the demon to do your bidding. Think of like a necromancer almost or something like but that. But isn't that a know? myopic view of magic? Meaning the only way it exists is by getting the help of demons they're missing out on two other forms to hate yes good point <laughs> like what what about the magic that you do yourself or that you do with god's help or right. whatever that right. it, because that's god's it, will so they they put a, a class distinction on it i, I would that say. one gets an asterisk i think so yeah. you know because they're not asking for you know what I would go as far as to say that they're probably saying that when they bring those demons they're commanding the demons whereas when they're when God is doing it, you're asking for God's mercy well, think in about one this. way or another. Parting of the Red Sea. When Moses parted mm-hmm. parted the Red Sea, would you def- – it's through. It's the power of I'm, – I'm not trying to turn this into a theological True, and debate. and he, he, he banged the thing and, and parted the sea. Right. So it's through him, through and it's, God. And it's through God's – it's through God's will. But since he did it, a person, wouldn't it be magic? I, I mean, burn him at the stake. <laughs> you know? I don't mean that's a no. bad thing. No, I mean I'm saying I'm there can be positive you. versions I'm of that too. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, but it's easy to. It, it's always easy to look over <laughs> when your candidate, your kid, your whatever does something bad. It's easy to look over, but when someone else does it, you go, "Hey, now." <laughs> I'm just saying that I don't think that every form of magic is Zozo. No, no. In fact, we couldn't even find Zozo that's when we went. We to tried the Congress <laughs> Hotel and couldn't find him. So these. Christian ideas of magic we're talking about, they are closely linked to the categories of paganism. And in fact, ever since the idea that magic is something defined in opposition to Christianity, that kind of is when that came about. And this Christian emphasis on the inherently, I guess you would say, immoral and just how wrong magic is. It's just something conflicting with good that religion is. And it was far starker than the approach in other large monotheistic religions of that period say like judaism and islam which were more open to the so while we might disagree that that's the only way to perceive it back then that's how they saw it yeah there there was no there was no gray area for the for that type of of religion while christians regarded demons as evil the jinn comparable entities in the islamic mythology were perceived as more ambivalent figures by the muslims of that time like eh, you know one way or another, you know, it could go either way. You ain't never had a friend like me. There you go. A gin is a, a of genie. Course, of course, absolutely. Because you're That's explaining the joke. Explain the joke. Wonderful Robin Williams. Nothing is funnier than explaining the joke. I agree. We all know that the Catholic Church has never been wrong about anything in the past. So there, there we're right. And everyone else is wrong. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the best way to put it. Uh, so you got this model of magician in Christian thought, and it was provided by Simon Magus or Simon the Magician. Could he have been a mage? Mm, mm. Term you there? A figure who opposed St. Peter in both the Acts of the Apostles and the Apocryphal, yet 
influential acts of Peter. So this historian and our peer, I guess, since we're a history podcast now. Uh, that's a good point. Michael D. Bailey, as we stated before, he stated that in medieval Europe, magic was a relatively broad, encompassing category. Christian theologians believe that there were multiple different forms of magic, the majority of which were types of divination. So I guess that kind of answers it. It depends on who you ask. The some sought, as you said before, is magic. Some sought as evil. Some some didn't even want to think of it. It was heresy to even speak of the the nature of 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 any type of magic because Satan. Just like because I said so, I'm the church because Satan. They were taught by the church that anything that didn't come from God was evil, but they didn't truly understand what was possible to come from God because they couldn't even read. Right. So, for instance, so this this cat Isidore of Seville produced a catalog of things he regarded as magic. And he listed augury, necromancy, astrology, incantations, horoscopes, amulets, geomancy, hydromancy, aromancy, pyromancy, enchantments, ligatures, having a period, being a woman, having an opinion if you're a woman. I might have made those up, but I bet I didn't. <laughs> also, math, bathing, respecting the poor, and pulling out. <laughs> They didn't have fancy birth control methods back then like that. As you were going through those, I thought for a second that uh, you're going to say cardiomancy, and then we'd have like an ancient times Captain Planet pop out. <laughs> I mean, what you said? You said hydro, aero, pyro. Yeah. Go, Captain Mancy. <laughs> With your magic combined. Go, Captain Gaia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So blah, blah, blah. Everything. Everything was magic. They made a list, and anything that wasn't praying oh you work with water why dig wells hydromancy burn them burn them <laughs> so way back in the day they blamed things they didn't understand on demons and magic just like in our werewolf episode they had serial killers well guess what there's no way a man could have been responsible for that it had to have been a demon a wolf he was he was a mm -hmm. werewolf right so they knew that what was evil luckily we had the same people here in America back in the day protecting us from what they knew was true evil, as you know. It's not that dissimilar than today from people who argue against science and, and like are anti-science. Yeah. Uh, you know, you think about uh, we've talked about flat earthers, but even like climate change deniers. They're, John, they're, they're not anti-science. They're anti-science that goes against them. <laughs> you know, they they use the real science. No, yeah, you're exactly right. They're gonna they're literally going to be sitting on an island that was America, like surrounded by water in like the middle of uh, middle of the country. Uh, this is just a phase. You're gonna have like a little girl <laughs> with an upside down tattoo, and one of them's got gills because that's Waterworld. That's it. describing Waterworld. It's <laughs> exactly what I mean. Describe. But my point is that. Things that we that don't fit into our belief structure, mm -hmm. we we demonize and say are bad. Back then, it was calling it magic. Mm -hmm. Today, it's calling it, it it's it's climate denying. It's flat earthing. It's 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 science denying. Yeah, and now they can Photoshop whatever photo they need to prove it, um, which is magic. Well, in the and stuff itself. that they're doing with video nowadays is scary. Yeah, making it look like you were somewhere where you weren't doing something. They can you put didn't. your face on other things, and it looks really realistic. Yeah, there for a while, and it got, it got the the person that developed it shut a lot of it down. They were making it so you could like take celebrities' faces and they were putting them in pornos, and it looked really realistic. And they shut Reddit, shut all that down and stuff, or 4chan or whatever it was on. Like, was that, a, was that a sad day for you? Yeah, you know, because I've always wanted to see Steve Urkel just rail his way through a bunch of ladies, you know, just, <laughs> just really work out his aggression. <laughs> Did I do that? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. And so I was, I was making a joke about America. Of course, we threw our hat in the Magic Hate game with a little place you've probably heard of, Salem. Unfortunately, it really wasn't in Salem. Salem was just kind of nearby, but most of this happened outside of Salem. But the Salem witch trials were a series of hearings and prosecutions of people accused of witchcraft in colonial Massachusetts between February of 1692 and May of 1693. Fun. Yes. What's fun? Killing people under false pretenses or, or witchcraft? Yes. <laughs> Of course. You of know, course. So moving on. If you want to listen to a podcast on the Salem Witch Trials, Aaron Mankey has a new one on our network here at iHeartMedia. Yes. Unobscured. Yeah, it's really good. It, yeah. And it dives in 
deep. Yeah, he didn't want to go with a stupid name like Blurry Photo, so he made sure he called it Unobscured. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, so Unobscured, it's in the middle. It's in the middle of the first season. The first that, season that was that was a joke, David. We love you. We love you. <laughs> The first season is all about the Salem witch trials, and he gets in deep and talks to experts and like actually did his research as opposed to this ham and egg operation that we got going here. No, no, no. We can afford ham, egg, and hash brown operation now. We made it big, baby. I'm just hungry. <laughs> so more than 200 people were accused, 19 of whom were found guilty and executed by hanging. 14 women and five men not burned. They were hung. Right. No one was burned at stake. Yeah. But that is where your mind goes to. And I don't know where that came from. But hey, you know, one other man, Giles Corey, was pressed to death for refusing to plead. And at least five people died in jail. But I mean, that was probably normal back then. So those don't really count. <laughs> Twelve other women were previously been executed in Massachusetts and Connecticut during the 17th century. The Salem witch trials were the deadliest witch hunt in the history of the United States. So far. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So these people were obviously evil and practicing dark magic in the streets. Right. I mean, they were just it was easy to pick them out. Well, she's a magician and she's a magician. No, not exactly. The trials were started after people had been accused of witchcraft, primarily by teenage girls such as Elizabeth Hubbard, 17, as well as some who were even younger than her. And I know I want to point out who can you always trust? Teenagers. I know this from listening to Unobscured when they, they were in court. And they were talking about these witches making them because uh, they all what 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 started all of this were were these girls having fit, fits order and can calm down now with your fits calm down now order you like apples <laughs> you can't pack a carriage without a permit <laughs> sorry keep going they'd have like fits and convulsions um and they said it was being done by these quote unquote witches. And they would magically, when the supposed witches were denying that they were doing this, that's when the uh, the girls in right, court would right. go into fits and convulsions. Yeah, they, how it happened was in the, the Salem village, in February 1692, Betty Paris, she was a nine-year-old, and her cousin, Abigail Williams, she was 11, they were the daughter and niece, respectively, of Reverend Samuel Paris, began to have what John was talking about, these fits. And he said they were beyond the power of epileptic fits or natural disease to affect. Uh, and that was done by John Hale, the minister of the nearby town of Beverly. So not only was he a reverend, he was also a scientist and a, um, a doctor. Well, no, that was, you know, John Hale, his buddy came over and helped him come to that conclusion. That was a joint effort. You know, they, they, they tag teamed it. <laughs> so like you said, they screamed. But again, one was a reverend and one was a minister. Yeah. But they were, they were doctors also apparently because yeah. they said it went beyond uh, what epilepsy would be or natural effect. Well, back then you were the reverend doctor butcher chimney sweep yeah like i mean there was only six people in these towns yeah. <laughs> so these girls like you said they screamed they threw things uh, they uttered strange sounds crawled under furniture contorted themselves into peculiar positions they said and according to the eyewitness account of reverend lawson i'm not going to try to say his name it's d-e-o-d-a-t deodat 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 lawson deodat i said i'm not going to try that i did deodat funny Get the former minister of Salem Village. He's the one who said all these things happened. They, they were, they, it was peculiar, and you can't trust them. So the girls complained of being pinched and pricked with pins. They did finally call a doctor, and he said, no physical evidence of any ailment. I think they're just acting a fool. <laughs> the reverend's like, no, no, thank you, sir. That's not true. And other young women in the village began to ex exhibit similar behavior. And so uh, Lawson preached as a guest in the Salem Village mini house, he was interrupted several times by outbursts of the affected. Ha 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 ha, sweet. They look at these things. What's going to happen? Could they be sick? Nope. Witches must be affecting this. So they round up all the women that are unmarried and living on their own and stuff. And they say, oh, you're 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 a witch. Put them in trial and kill them. Well, and one of the obviously the women that were accused, some of them would then accuse other women trying to shift right. the blame. But instead of getting out of it, they would just both be killed. Well, as we all know, old-timey courts were fair. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's so, true. yay America. And I, I didn't realize the thing about it was is these people that were making the complaints were two feuding families were pointing out to one or the other. Like you said, they were pointing to other people. It was Hatfield and McCoy shit. Literally, this came down to two families were mad at one another. 
and they wanted to get at the other one, and it caused the Salem witch trials. That is fucking crazy. Well, to that me. combined with religious superiority, well, that combined yeah. and also combined with a certain level of paranoia. Like there, there was much like the um, the Red Scare, uh, right. everywhere they thought in modern in the 20th century in the United States, uh, they thought everybody was a communist. Mm. It was it was that was because we were scared of communists. Yeah, they, they were, were scared of witches. And what better way to throw shade at your enemy than calling him a witch at that time? Right. You know? So we're gonna go to break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about more modern accounts of magic here on Hysteria 51. <laughs> you annoy me i'm just going to call you a communist witch and tell everybody so it's the best magic magic for sale magic you know you play all these games and places are just selling magic to children all the times. Hey, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Magic the Gathering. There you go. Maybe it is evil, John, is what I'm getting at. I, I, we're yep. switching gears here. We're switching gears. No, we're getting into modern magic. And the big thing about modern Western magic is that it's challenged widely held preconceptions about contemporary religion and spirituality, especially as time goes by. The discourse about magic influenced the self-understandings of modern magicians magicians aren't always what you think of <laughs> back in the day we're gonna we're gonna talk about some people here a number of them such as alistair crowley and julius evola were well versed in academic literature on the subject these magicians were incredibly intelligent people and you've probably heard the name alistair crowley we've talked about him here on the show before he he favored the spelling of magic uh m-a-g-i-c-k yeah over regular m-a-g-i-c that's where you hear me say on the show a lot of time that's magic with a k, k yeah, yeah. Because he wanted to distinguish it between uh, real magic and stage illusion. So the problem with Crowley is that he tries to make these distinctions as just magic, but he also was known to dabble in the occult and Satanism and such. Yeah. And and so it takes away a legitimacy in the minds of, of regular folk. Mr. Crowley. So, uh, That's about him. But his definition did influence uh, subsequent magicians. Yeah. You, uh, Dion Fortune of the Fraternity of the Inner Lights, for instance, that's, stated. That's my fraternity. Uh, of the Inner Lights. Yeah. 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 Uh, stated that, that that's because you swallowed one of those little LED mm -hmm. uh, lights. And, they let me in. Would, it's yeah. fine. I wouldn't worry about it. It worked. Okay. Uh, stated that magic is the art of changing consciousness according to will. Now, whose will? Your will, my will, not not whose will is in the person. Will, will Shatner, yeah, <laughs> the one on high, as they call him <laughs> in the fraternity of the inner light. Yeah, so this guy named Gerald Gardner, the founder of Gardnerian Wicca, stated that magic was attempting to cause the physically unusual. Well, it's physically unusual to have warts. I guess that would be magic too, though, if you <laughs> caused the warts on somebody. It's funny though. Both, I mean, I I can't say that I'll probably be a big believer in most of the things that go along with Gardnerian Wicca. Nor am I probably a big believer in most of the beliefs that go along with the Fraternity of the Inner Light. However, I think I like both of their definitions better than Wikipedia. Yeah, right, right. Of, of what magic is. Well, if you want to get into the magicians, another big one that, that has been huge, we've talked about this one too. Anton LaVey described magic as the change in situations or events in accordance with one's will, which would use normally acceptable methods be unchangeable. That's a pretty damn good way to describe magic. And speaking of Satanist. He's a Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> but he had his finger on the pulse of what magic actually kind of sounds like. We've talked about him in our Satanic Panic episode before, and he was a big, 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 big name in uh, modern thoughts. Satanism, less of worshiping a deity and more of doing whatever you want kind of thing. Then the chaos magic movement emerged during the late 20th century as an attempt to strip away this symbolic, ritualistic, uh, even theological or ornamental aspects of, of the occult traditions and distill magic down to a set of basic techniques. Just we're going to make we're going to take out the hoo-ha and religion and we're just going to have magic, kind of like and what you said. Uh, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. That, and I uh, this makes sense to me if magic let's just say for a moment that magic's real. It makes sense to me that 
85, 90% of all that other stuff was just theatrics. Yeah, less mumbo jumbo and symbolism and chanting for chanting's sake is what they want. You know, they, they want to have to do all that um, stuff. Um, yeah. um, so the adoption of the term magic by modern occultists can, I guess in some instances, be a deliberate attempt to champion those areas of Western society, which have traditionally been marginalized as means of subverting dominant systems of power. Meaning... That's well, deep. I'm going to go to Hot Topic, <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that you know I'm a little different, and I'm going to use these terms magic so that I can take back the power. You look down on me? Well, I'm going to look down on you. It's that kind of thing through magic. You know, the use of, of taking back. We're taking it back. We're taking it back is what they were saying. And the outcasts have a thing, so to speak, in one, you know, in one way or another. We've talked about Wicca and Wiccans before, so this influential American Wiccan author, Starhawk, is his name. Is that his Christian name? Yes. Uh, it's Starhawk Jones. For instance, stated that magic is another word that makes people uneasy, so I use it deliberately. Because the words we are comfortable with, the words that sound acceptable, rational, scientific, and intellectually correct, are comfortable precisely because they are the language of estrangement. So, yeah. I really think that Hot Topic is is leading <laughs> the magic movement of the late 20th and early 21st century. I, I, we're talking about these people and big names there, Aleister Crowley, Anton LaVey, people like that. Are they doing real magic? Let's talk about that, John. Well, most of the practices which have led to being these things being labeled as magic can be performed by anyone. I mean, they... they... I, oh, I know. <laughs> Get your grimoire out. Yeah. For instance, some charms can be recited by individuals with no specific knowledge nor claim to having a specific power. You just go read the spell. I said this earlier. Think about doing a smudging. Yeah. That is a, you know, you're, you're not even reciting anything. You're, you're doing an act and you're supposed to be getting out of, of evil. And they say that 80% of that is just intent. Well, it's the intent. I also think that. And this is just my personal opinion. Let's again, let's go back to the moment where we say magic's real. Okay. Mm -hmm. And let's also say that most of this, as I think we both seem to agree on, is theatrics, mm -hmm. but they're really performing magic. Are there in the inside those theatrics, are there helpful things that we don't know why they're helpful? And for let me give you an example. They say that you need to be orientated a certain way when you're doing certain spells. Well, we now know that the earth is a big, ma you know, big magnet, essentially. No, you don't. No, no. Oh, we don't? No, no. We don't know anything about what's underneath the flat earth. So, Oh, that's a good I point. Mean, magnetism is just a device they use with stupidity and making up Power gravity. By, powered by gravitons. The would never allow it. <laughs> but seriously, we, so we know the electromagnetic spectrum is out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe the fact that in their in their um, we also their, know that it messes with your head if you get around too much electromagnetic presence true. and make you see things and stuff. So like that. perhaps the fact that the uh, theatrics required you to do the entire ritual pointing north actually has something to do with opening up the electromagnetic spectrum. I, I, I obviously that's that's wild conjecture, mm -hmm. but my point is that if these theatrics had any meaning whatsoever, it might be rooted in something we don't understand. Some people say that. The others say, no, you need specialized training in order to perform any of these things. And these people that had this training are the ones that became identified as magicians or, or sorcerers, sorceresses, witches. Cutting folk. Cutting folk is another term that I found online using for that. And identities as a magician can stem from an individual's own claims about themselves or it can be a label placed on them by others. He's a witch or she's a witch. He's a magician. Things like that. The latter case, an individual could embrace such label or they could reject it sometimes vehemently, like, please don't hang me. I'm not a witch. But throughout recorded history, magicians have often faced skepticism regarding their purported powers and abilities. And as far as we know, through science, no, no magic has ever been proven. You know, for instance, in the 16th century England, the writer Reginald Scott wrote the discovery of witchcraft in which he argued that many of these accused of witchcraft or otherwise claiming magical capabilities were fooling people using illusionism. Ye old David Copperfield, if you will, like well, he was saying, even back then it was fake. If you had really like to pretend that you had magic <laughs> to be saying that you have, you know, I'm magic under penalty of death. 
holy shit. The one thing you said there I would take issue with is that scientifically it's never been proven. There are things that are referred to as magic that have 100% been scientifically proven. For instance, the ability to uh, maybe not move uh, an item across the table, but the ability to focus on a photon and with your mind make it move from le- just to simplify it from left to right they use a control group and they and they they've tested this thousands of times and then they use uh, people who claim these abilities and a large percentage higher than random can control it when you get to a certain percentage over random it can no longer be explained away as something that is random it is purposefully happening so two things there so just like in our real quick in our our vampires episode these people that say they were psi vampires they could actually in where they metered people's body temperatures and things like that they could actually affect some of them repeatedly these meters so something was happening and and so is that magic or is that something that we don't understand i don't know because that's is there a difference between those two That's exactly just like talking in an episode recently that guy got beat over the head and he woke up a genius right and so they study that is that magic well no we know now that sometimes head trauma causes savantism but It'd be really nice to be able to go in for a beating and wake up as a as a genius. But back in the day, you might have been beat over the head, woke up as a genius, and then been killed because you were different. And they, they didn't burn you at the stake, maybe, but they would have hung you. That's a slippery slope. Well, I don't know. And and the one thing that we do know is that if we don't understand it, it's the devil. Yeah. That I mean that yeah. that it, it really is a callback to the, to the satanic panic. Yeah. You you look at lower class women foreigners. They were all the ones that were always fingered as magical. Well, guess what? They were the ones that were also said to be evil and everything else. The the real dregs of society, women and foreigners, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And in contrast, uh, the negative associations, many practicers of activities that have been labeled magical have emphasized that their actions are benevolent and beneficial. Like, I'm trying to help. I'm doing a rain dance, doing this or that or the other. Who doesn't need a good smudge and some charms in their pocket for good luck, right? So, you know, but I guess there's a yin and a yang. There's a there's a good side and a bad side to everything. And, of course, everything we said is conflicted with Christian views and, like you said, it's demons. This was another version of satanic panic in and of itself in a lot of ways. But they didn't help themselves, the ones that were going like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm communing with the devil. And so, a lot of them were saying that just because that was a hot button topic. Right. I guess what we're saying is that um, whatever magic is or isn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to any particular belief system one way or the other. It is much more an understanding of of (laughs) by trying to define it. We're saying that it is an effect that someone is causing, whether that be hook or by crook. Yeah. Right. Maybe they are. Maybe they're illustrating the will of God. Maybe they're getting help from a demon, or maybe they're using their own uh, internal resources to make Mm -hmm. it happen. These things have been defined for us so many different times throughout history, whether it be by the Catholic Church, whether it be by society at large, saying that it is definitively this, this, or this. Yeah. And I guess what we're saying is there are no definitives when it comes to this kind of nebulous idea of magic. Well, the one thing that is definitive is if you look back at it, you look back on the Western culture and they regularly portrayed women as being in fear to men and intellectual, moral, spiritual, physical level, everything. And so that's one of the reasons why they were the ones portrayed as when they, something went wrong. Well, she must be a witch, you know, and and it was a lot easier to do that than to give people equality and think, well, maybe we need to fix the society. You all suck equal. Well, that's nice, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. So, John. <clears throat> magic's been around forever is it real is there anything that you think is real magic out there forget the religion aspect of god let's take that out of it i absolutely believe in what is perceived to be magic and what i mean by that is the ability you got a wife and a girlfriend and shit like that is that what you're talking about oh, i do not have a girlfriend i just have a wife well you know. um oh yeah wink, wink. you're right <laughs> sorry when i say that i'm saying that i absolutely believe that there is more to this world than we can see with our eyes. Mm-hmm. And that could come in. That literally could be, there could be a scientific explanation for everything. 
the fact that we, you know, we've recently, not recent, recently over the course of human existence, discovered that there's a lot of electricity inside of us. And there's theories out there that even thoughts have some sort of matter to them, okay? Have some, they exist in one way, shape, or form. If thoughts exist and have matter to them and we are electrically charged, is it so far fetched to think that we could somehow motivate electrons through space and time to be manipulated one way or the other to uh, what we're thinking. I, I think that eventually one day we'll find out that that, that is possible. Maybe not uh, to the extent of, of like you see on TV and movies, like some big grandiose gesture, but on a smaller level that if I think about something that all of a sudden you have that idea that maybe actually that was transferred through a series of uh, electrons and photons well, or whatever. They're already doing that with science right now where they're, they're, they're allowing people to project images into other people's minds. And right. Stuff. So I, uh, what we perceive as magic, I believe does exist. However, I think by the time we get a little bit more advanced and understand things more, we'll understand it not to be magic at all, but we'll understand it just to be another function of the way nature works. All I know is when I went to the Museum of Science and Industry, they had a little thing where you strap it on your head and you you go against another person. Lisa went with me. And there's a ball in the middle and you use your mind to, to move it. And I kicked her ass every damn time. So I think I'm magic is what I'm getting at. Do you believe in magic? Yeah. Ever loving spoonful, people. That's right. I don't know. I, I don't know on this one. I don't even want to. Yeah. There's no real definition. And I don't know. It's so crazy. There could be people out there, like you said, that have a level above what we know. You know, you ever Stan Lee. I, who knows when this is going to go out? R.I.P. Stan Lee just passed. He did that show, you know, Superhumans, where they found people that could do things extraordinary. But it's always disappointing. Well, no. It, it, so a couple it, of them weren't. So I was going to tell you the ones I really liked. One guy they put like eight times electricity to kill a person and he was fine that one was was interesting and i i'm with you on most of that the other one was the blind guy that they had him ride a bike through an obstacle course and he used like echolocation which now they know is pretty true and blind people can develop it if right and he wrote but on top of that he walked and we go there's something again i, I think it's a trash can something up against it's probably a bicycle or around that size I was like, holy crap. That one was really interesting. Uh, his last name is Murdoch, right? That I don't remember. Oh, Murdoch. Shut up. <laughs> anyway. The, but the one thing, I, it sounds like we agree on, there's interesting things out there. Where do you but, draw the but, line but, between but science I, and what magic? What I don't and... think, I don't think there are magicians running around there that whisper some magic word and shoot a fireball out, out of their hand or, you know, mm -hmm. levitate across the sea. <laughs> I can shoot a fireball out of my body with a... Uh, a match, and I, that's proper, enough. Proper that's prep. enough. Proper prep. What do you guys think? Are we On wrong that here? Note. Yeah. Tell us if there's real magic. Tell us if you're a magician, and uh, what you can do for us. Maybe, maybe we'll uh, we'll we'll allow you to grant our wishes. There's a few ways. <laughs> there are a few ways you could tell us. The first would be to go to our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Hop on Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. That's right. You can also find us. Our regular page, facebook.com slash hysteria51pod. Tweet to us at hysteria51pod. Patreon, if you want to get yourself a special shirt no one else can have. Extra episodes all the time. Pins, $30 you can sniff John Go for. You can't. That's not you a real can. thing. All you got to do is get yourself to Chicago. If you get yourself to Chicago, I'll probably let you sniff him for free. He's not listening, but that's probably the truth. Don't forget you can go on there. You get Why everything. did you just turn my, my uh, ears off? Don't worry about it. And you can get everything on there for a dollar and... Hear yourself on the show. Voicemails, 773-669-7277. Another marvelous way to tell us what you think. Yeah, 773-669-7277. And for whatever reason, if you forgot any of these, you can find all these on our website, Hysteria51.com. Holy crap. It's so easy. We love you. Don't forget to review the show. Tell them that you think we're magic. It'll make my day. And that's all we want is to make Brent's day. That's right. So with that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bud. Stay woke, meat sacks. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. <laughs> oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it?
Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.